Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? My name is Nick Ingvall, and this is the Sneaker History Podcast. For me, sneakers has never really been about the shoes. It's been about the people. Sneakers have been the connection to friends, business partners, unforgettable stories and memories, and opportunities that I could have never imagined. My goal has always been to create something that opens doors for others to find ways to do something they're passionate about for a living. If you're already a member of the Sneaker History Discord, you know how great the community we have is. It's so much more than sneakers. When someone needs some help getting through a tough time, the community is there. When someone in the community drops a new product line or publishes their first YouTube video, everyone is quick to support. That's why this year we'll be launching a series of new podcasts directly from the community. The first is a Formula One-focused podcast hosted by myself, Rohit Malhotra, and Todd Yates, where we hope to make becoming an F1 fan a little easier and give you a better understanding of the sport whether you're just starting to watch or a longtime fan, you can check it out at exhaustnotes.fm or linked in the description for this episode. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guys, Rowett and Mike, to talk about some kicks, <laughs> to talk about some crazy release stuff, some, I don't know, it's just it's a, a, it's just a weird time to be a sneakerhead. <laughs> We're going to get some commentary. It, it kind of is. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah, about we gotta, rocking. We're going to talk about copying. Yeah, all the good things. Exactly. We may talk about Batman because that just came out. And I'm sure if we are really uh, stretch your time, it's going to devolve into the that. The Batmobile but behind you before guys. Before we get any further, Mike, how are you? I'm good. You said Batman, first <laughs> oh, of all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife and I, we took the whole day off oh, last yeah. Friday go. to go see the movie at 10 a.m. On release day, fan freaking fantastic. But we're not going to go ahead and dive into, into that right now. But it's a great time. Great time to be alive, guys. It is a good time. Nick, how about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to see it. I just haven't had the time yet, but maybe, what maybe, maybe this weekend. The so. bat signal's coming up. And we're gonna do <laughs> the bat pod is coming out. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. It's definitely a Patreon episode in the in the works for that one. Uh, but how uh, how, how are you guys? I feel like we've been. All three kind of well, Rowan and I have got the, the exhaust notes thing going, so we see each other. But then the, I feel like my I was saying this with Robbie because I recorded with Robbie too, independently, and I'm just like, guys, like we're just all like we're all like circling around this like massive reunion Dude, episode that no, will eventually happen. That. It's right? just like we got this sweet cover art this year, and what's the cover art? It's the four of us, and everybody got to pick their favorite sneakers. Yeah. Everybody got to pick their favorite apparel. And then lo and behold, we haven't really done an episode with the four of us since that cover art. It's been crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Ian in the Discord, by the way, for for making that happen. 
Definitely appreciate that, man. It's it's, it's one of awesome. my favorite. It's one of my favorite things ever. I mean, I don't know if if you've taken a look at our cover art, but not only are the teams and the shoes very accurate, but I just like to say that I have a burrito in my hand. Ooh, snap. So I didn't realize that, dude. You didn't notice that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, love I, mean, it. Yeah, I mean, the between, accuracy, right? Between that like, and Robbie being gained off the gray with his pipe and cor- his smoky expression. Pipe. <laughs> yeah. Only bubbles. Yeah. Come out of pipe. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh man. But um well before we get into Rocket and Coppin, let's 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 get into a review. We haven't read a review in a long time. We have a so, great review bro, what from do you got for a us? member of the Discord Triple Sticks, aka Reggie Reg, and he said, Need or not. Always good to hear your opinions on new releases. Love that I'm arguing for and against colorizer models like I'm in the room. Just know that this just know this that they want me to have, that's why they made it, and I'm here for it. So what if I have 50, 15 Chicago colorways? There is room for so much more. Love the community, and you guys, thank you for all the work you do, Reggie. Reggie, I may have butch- butchered that reading it, but we appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> and just for that, may you get 15 more Chicago-based colorways in the next 15 years. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Reggie, man. Definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, if you haven't joined the Sneaker yeah, History really. Discord yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's I'm I'm gonna be the broken record every time I get on here because it's just my favorite place on the internet. Like talking to these guys every morning, motivation, aspiration, you know, like just mm-hmm. the love is just like in the air digitally oh, sure. in the Discord. That's all I can say. You know? Whether you like to lurk but it is. or whether you but, like to participate, all right, Michael, really you can't be beat if you're on that community. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, and if 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 you don't if you are a lurker, we might even pull you onto a podcast at some point or a Discord community call, you know, like on the on our Twitch or something, because Rohit and I just recorded a podcast with Aaron and he only posts in the F1 channel. So, you know, next thing you know, everybody's going to be on the podcast. You're going to be meeting all these people. You're going to be hearing about their stories. But do it. Just do it. It's easy. It's my a favorite bunch part. Of fun. We're pretty gentle. All right, Mike. Well. Let's get a uh, let's let's uh, we'll let you get get us started with rocking and copping. I rocked. I know. I mean, like I said, we are in between houses, so I only have one pair of beaters that are my Pegasus 38s. But what I copped is something that's really personal to me. It's the KD14, and I believe the colorway is called the Surreal colorway, and I think it's just a general inline release. But what really kind of resonated this for me, this particular pair, is the fact that two of my groomsmen designed the oh. shoe. First of all, Ben. Yeah, Ben Tonkame, designer of the KD and the Kyrie, obviously did the shoe. Uh, and then another one of my groomsmen, Edmund Mundo Holmes, who's a pretty renowned artist here in Portland, he did a lot of the graphics on the actual shoe itself. And then his girlfriend, another dear friend of mine, Risa Beck, did the colorway, if I remember correctly. Oh. So anytime you can celebrate the homies and have them come together like Voltron for one particular shoe, I will always cop it. So that's what I cop. That's awesome, dude. That's legit. So, that is awesome. Shoot, I guess I'll. That is so awesome. Not only that, it was on the hash wall at the com- company store, so I got it on a little bit of a discount. Even so better. I'm balling on the budget. Why not? <laughs> That's the way we do it. All right. So yep. I guess I go with my my rocking. I'm gonna wear this to the ground. And I don't care how orange it is. One of my freaking grails of shoes. You guys have seen me post it way too much over the last week and a half. I don't care. 
this Big Bang LeBron Nye. The Sheldon Cooper Nye. <laughs> Dude, 10 years in the freaking making waiting for this shoe. So happy to get it. Actually got it for a retail. So can't complain about that. And um, Coppin's between uh, two things right now. Uh, the playoff 12s and more freaking Legos. I just I'm I'm like a crack addict for Legos now, thanks to you fine gentlemen. Uh there is a McLaren and a Mustang with my name on them from the Technic collection that uh asking for more of my time, apparently. Mike, I got you. <laughs> you you're my pusher now? You pushing Legos on me? Listen, this is me. <laughs> I got you for retail or under retail. You just holler at your boy after the camera. <laughs> The can stop recording. The deals start recording. So you let me know. So making deals. Let's make a deal. <laughs> what you got, Nick? Yes, of course. Uh, so rocking. I was wearing the uh, the neighborhood, okay. uh, like Chucks that were uh, came out a few years ago. They're just all black, but they were made for like motorcycles. So they have like a strap across the toe, for a little bit of protection. Um, Kind of just one of the shoes that I keep in the closet by the front door and dug a little deeper to to, to get past the neighborhood ZX-8000s that I continue to talk about. Um, and then as far as Coppin, I actually picked them up a while ago, but I realized that I didn't talk about them on the podcast. Uh, I picked up the Anta KT7 Koi Fish colorway. And it's it's awesome. Like, I mean, the materials on it are obviously like performance oriented. And I think that's like still something we're all collectively a little hesitant to embrace because it's like, you know, like the LeBron nine is like, it's performance oriented, but it's performance oriented from 10 yeah, years ago. So yeah. it doesn't, it feels like a casual shoe now. Right. Um, but you know, it's just a wild shoe and I've been trying to get a pair of anti KTs for clay Thompson's for years, but getting a size 13, is impossible. The only places that carry them are typically carrying up to like a 10 or 11. And this year, uh, a spot in Oakland that everybody in Oakland knows called Oaklandish, oh, uh, actually carried them, sold them online. So I was able to get them. Uh, I got a size 12 and a half. It's, it's maybe a smidge snug, smidge snug, but, uh, I'm stoked on them. I'll, I'll post some pictures up in the discord. Cause I mean, one of the things I think I'm, I said in the beginning of the year, like I really want to start wearing more of the technical shoes, right? Like the stuff that's pushing the, the technology just because that's what really got me excited about shoes through like, you know, like, yeah, Jordan's did that even from the beginning. But like, as I got older, seeing how people do different things and, you know, seeing the, the design work that goes into them and kind of understanding them. And I, and I miss that aspect of sneakers. So like this year, I'm trying to really embrace like more performance, especially basketball, but like even some of the performance running stuff, I'm definitely looking at, I don't know that I'll ever spend the money on, uh, you know, the, the alpha fly stuff. Cause it's just so, so high up there, but, um, you know, yeah. there's a lot of companies doing really cool stuff in the running space right now. And I'm, I'm just excited to see the the technology and, and kind of experience it as opposed to, I mean, I know that like, I think we all kind of default to like more of a, a nostalgia play when it comes to just wearing stuff casually. And like, you know, we talk a lot about retros and Jordans and, you know, all that stuff on the podcast, but you know, these are the things that are going to be exciting for yeah. 
you know, like my yep. nephews in 10 or 15 years or, you know, mm-hmm. kid, your kids, your guys' kids, you know, down the road are going to look back at these shoes and, and have that same feeling. And I, and I want to be able to know, I want to be able to, you know, have them in hand and, and wear them and be like, yeah, this is what it was like, as opposed to just distancing myself nah, from it because I'm too old for it. I think it's, it's of, a good thing, man, sense. because we've been so, so so programmed to see the same things over and over again uh, with the retros, you know, same Jordans coming out over and over. But I think it's cool. Like, I've been eyeing a pair of the Jordan 36s, especially when they come out in that black and, like, infrared colorway. Like, I, I need mm-hmm. to start getting more. I've been really focused on performance yeah. basketball, both new and retro this year, because I just think they're cooler. Honestly, like, design language, technology – I just think they're cooler and it's something that I've been really want to get back into because I mean, I'll be honest, I got sucked into the retro game trying to get all this, you know, all these certain items or it is these hype items that I was like, let me pull back and get the things I really enjoy. And that's why I understand that, Nick. No, I mean, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned like the technical thing. I was chatting with my father-in-law about it, who considers himself a runner and he's a big Hoka guy. And he was asking me if I knew anything about this brand called Bodega. I was like, Bodega. Oh, oh Bodega. And I'm like, okay, I didn't realize Bodega was in the Hoka game. So, yeah, even that performance-based footwear is now kind of going for, I wouldn't say hype collabs, but collabs that are interesting that aren't necessarily there exclusively to serve the functionality, which is what we usually associate with technical shoes. But to Mike's point as well, like I think we've achieved that upper level of consciousness as sneakerheads that now we're like over the bullshit. We really don't care what retros are coming out this week. If it catches our eye and it makes us feel something because we are turning into those cynical adults with kids and nephews and everything in between, then yeah, why not? Because we need a distraction sometimes from how ugly the world is. So sneakers, Legos, comic books, movies, whatever it is to bring you joy, tap into it. Treat yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think too, like the going to continue down this rabbit hole a little bit more um the interesting thing about you know kind of even when when retros came back like in the early 2000s the for like for me getting the 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 pinnacle jordan has always been like something I wanted to do. Right. Like, because in my mind I've always, I've always regarded that as the highest level of performance basketball shoe, you know, obviously that's, that's a, you know, a debatable point. And, and I, you know, even as a fan of, of the Jordan line and, a, and more of just like a curious consumer of the Jordan line at that level, I realized that like not every shoe is the best basketball shoe of the moment. But I think that, you know, the, those are the things that that kept me interested in between a lot of the stuff where like, you know, like the, the ebbs and flows of what sneakers are now. Right. Like some of the, the negativity that's out there, the, the struggles that we have to get shoes, you know, even back in the, you know, 2010, 2012 era when like retro Jordans were impossible to get, you know, like because we didn't know that they were going to come back in five or 10 years. Like everybody bought multiple pairs to try to stack up and and, and have them down the road. But I think that there's just a really interesting kind of opportunity too to, you know, like the the brands need to be able to to kind of showcase these products. And I think especially outside of Jordan and Nike, you know, like there's a lot of good stuff happening that's that's like getting a little bit of buzz, but not the not this like we're so obsessed over the sneakers app right now. (laughs) 
for better or worse. And we'll get more into the sneakers app in a, in a little bit here, but you know, I look at like the, the, you know, little mellow ball shoe from Puma. That shoe is maybe not like the style that I would, I don't dislike it, but it's not a shoe that I was like wowed by. So if it it's ever a shoe will. that I would wait for it to go on <laughs> discount normally, you know? Um, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of the shoes. I'm a big fan of, you know, the Kawhi shoes, mm-hmm. but like also like, you know, Kawhi has been so off and on and, you know, and, and all of the, like, you know, yeah. although the Clippers have been playing decently as of late, but like my kind of connection to it and like my interest in it really depends on Kawhi getting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sports center time or, you know, Paul George having a crazy game. And there's a few, a few shots of Kawhi in, in there with that. So it's kind of interesting because like, I'm also, you know, in my, you know, day job, I'm talking about how, you know, a lot of people don't even care about sports and, and in the sneaker world. But for me, it's still like this, like, I can't mm-hmm. disconnect from it for some reason. You know, I, it's not like I'm trying to it actively or anything, but like, it's a really interesting thing. So, you know, to your point, like the Jordan, the, the Jordan 36 is definitely one of those things that's like on my radar. Mm-hmm. That black and infrared colorway is, is by far my favorite. I mean, <laughs> I'll take a, I'll take a black and infrared of any shoe of all time. Basically, that's like mm-hmm. probably a top top three or four colorway for me. So, um, but yeah, I guess I was a little long winded, but I, I think like I get, I get excited when other people are getting outside of their comfort zone buying shoes. And like, I kind of realized that I fell into a really like comfortable place just buying the same old, same old things. You know, I'm not buying Jordan ones and whatnot, like maybe Robbie is or dunks like Robbie is, but like, I've literally been wearing ZX eight thousands for like, nine months or what it's probably been more than that now you know so i'm just trying to push myself a little bit to get to get into some more interesting stuff and and be able to talk about some different stuff with a little more i not not authority but just a little more education behind my words oh oh, go ahead but go ahead i just had a question for you guys but go ahead so do you guys i don't know if it's just me but when you mention the sports uh and just how you know it ties to sneakers it always has done the same for i think all of us but more recently, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm kind of reverting back to almost like a kid. Like, really, I'm, I mean, I've been more invested in the basketball. Like, I've always loved it. But for some reason this season, I feel like because of all of just the crazy storylines going on, even more invested. Uh, but I've really been feeling like, you know, watching on feet again, like not like the tunnel, but actually during games, like, oh, what is that? Like, when, when, you know, and it's, it's easier now to go back and look on Instagram and see someone took a photo of it. but. It was one of those things like, man, this is just – there's so many things out there now that are like, again, performance-driven that we're not seeing. LaMelo Ball is probably the prime example of something that no one expected and it has taken off and really gone like like a wildfire. Like you can't get those shoes in, in a men's size outside of a release date. It's insane and kudos to them for turning something that is technical, technical-driven, performance-driven into a, a hot commodity. So I, I applaud that, but – Look at things like the KT. I mean, I remember like the uh, shoe palace here. Well, one of the shoe palaces that I used to go to used to sell a KT line, but it was very like kind of random. But there's just so many just cool things out there. I mean, I got excited when I saw, um, even though the dunk contest was actual hot garbage, uh, Jalen Green wearing the T-Mac 2s in the St. Vincent St. Mary color. 
like stuff like that. I was really excited again for some reason. I can't find a rhyme or reason, but I think it could just be that, like like Roy mentioned, we've kind of and you know not to toot any kind of horn or say we're better than anybody else, but kind of ascended to another level of thought process. A sneakers is like, what about this? How could, like this is nice, but I don't see it all the time. Yeah, and Mike, I guess my question from a fellow dad to another dad is, do you feel that you being a pop of three, like, does that impact how you consume and how you view mm-hmm. sneakerhead culture? Because in a way, whether you like it or not, you're going to be passing that down to mm-hmm. your son and your daughters. And is it just you subconsciously doing it in a quote unquote right way? So that way, when they get to the point where they realize, yeah, you know what? I like sneakers just like the old man. I'm going to follow suit because we know as well as anybody, your parents tend to be your best yeah. reference point. Whether Yeah, I think it could be. Uh, I think it really could be because I feel like, I, again, feel like I'm reverting back to a kid because, of course, I always like to see the stuff people had on feet. Like, uh, I remember when like the Jordan, was it 16, came out the suitcase. Like, oh, I wanted that, but it just it didn't make sense. But I was still able to go find these other things I really enjoyed. And I feel like that's happened to me now because, I mean, prime example, I've been wearing this shoe nonstop. Ain't nobody wearing this. This mid-cut Ultra Boost, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And it's just because I liked it. And that's what everyone – I don't. if my kids like love sneakers, I, I'm perfect, even better. If not, it's okay. But if they do, I want them just to follow their own style. I don't want them to get stuck into that rut of – Oh, well, here's the sneakers app again, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Like, let's try to get that disappointment one more time. So there's options and there's really nice options out there, too. That's what I really wanted to like, not just my kids, but people who listen to us. And I know that's one thing in the discord. We have so much variety in our discord. Makes you think about things you haven't thought about in forever or just didn't think about at all. And I guess a couple things I will say in regards to that is I think especially with any company that's not Nike, and granted, a lot of my perspective is granted through a Nike lens, but I look at something like the Lamello Rick and Morty line. We only saw Nike do something similar to that with the SpongeBob after X amount of years of kind of being mm-hmm. above such pop culture tie-ins, let's say. And to me, the culmination of Lamello just choosing Rick and Morty as one of the vessels for his shoe, pardon the bad sci-fi <laughs> pun, is really interesting. Because at the end of the day, you might, you mentioned it yourself, and I didn't know this until I just did a little bit of informal research. Lamello shoes are selling like hotcakes in men's sizes. And if you're doing a Rick and Morty colorway, which is essentially a South Park for a certain demographic of, let's say, men between the ages of 14 to 30, <laughs> like, yeah, what better way to do it? So there is that component of it. And it's funny you mentioned sneakers and like going through what a lot of us construe as a weekly ritual. It's I'm obsessed right now with Wordle. Like I think most people's moms <laughs> and it's a daily thing that every morning I will go, I will do the Wordle. I will text my wife how many responses it took me. I will text my mom. I will text my mother-in-law. I'll text every Tom, Dick and Sally underneath the sun that I know also Wordles. That has done wonders for my sneakers. So that is just me kind of, in a sense, tooting my own horn, but also saying like, okay, sneakers, you got me in this habit of checking my phone, but now I'm taking the power back and I'm using it to be something more productive. In this case, just playing a quick brain teaser game because in a way I spoil myself now with the amount of Wordles that I do because that's the other thing. Wordles like sneakers has inspired such a fandom now because you have things like Podal, the oh. NBA Wordle game. You have Wordle where you pick a random country and you have to guess what country it is in eight. I'm doing right now like what I feel is like the Molly equivalent of Wordle, which is uh, Octurtle where you do eight Wordles simultaneously. 
And that also ties back to the point you were mentioning where I think we are living at that point right now in the internet era where literally anything can be made available to you and there's not a single barrier of entry that's preventing you from taking it down or preventing you from taking it on. So that is, in a sense, the tipping point because I do think the bubble is going to burst. I don't know how big the bubble will be, but at this point, you want a sneaker that has the most obscure colorway or color story associated with it. Case in point, the yep. KT Koi Fish, which I didn't know existed until I hopped on this call. I saw that shoe. I'm hyped for the shoe. I won't get the shoe, but it just shows me the power and the imagination and the creativity of the internet. But it also just shows me we got a lot of damn time <laughs> on our hands. So if you want to be a sneakerhead and you are not tied to only getting Nike or Jordan sneakers, there's a whole world out there for you to explore. And that's kind of what has become an unofficial mission statement for us here at Sneaker History. Facts. Totally. Yep. Well said. That that Octurdo is no joke, though. Please, Octurdo, respond responsibly. I gotta try this. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm just picturing the uh, you know the the Zach Galifianakis yeah. <laughs> meme right now. You're Tom Cruise. Right I'm now. Dustin yeah. Hoffman coming down the elevator, or in this case, you're Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what off like on uh, Rhodes days off? He's like in a corner with a hoodie, phone whirling, like unshaven, completely just full beard, just. Let me be. Let me wordle. It's all about your first and second <laughs> word. It's all about your first and second word. I digress. Wordle history is over. We go yeah. back to sneaker history, and you can't spell sneaker history without sneakers. So, Mike, talk to me oh, about man. what's going on. You know, every week there's some kind of something going on with sneakers app, and I don't know if you guys get the notification. I don't know. Sometime early this week, I just looked at my phone. I was like, oh, sneakers is telling me something. It doesn't matter because I'm not getting it. But for some reason – Sneakers has really been pushing people to go in and make sure their profile is updated, make sure that yes. they're turning on the notifications for things they want, which I think, you know, I will say this as an umbrella statement. I think most people who use sneakers understand how it works. I don't think it's a really rocket science. But not only that, if you go into sneakers, there's like a little advertisement. Hey, make sure you turn your notifications on. Okay. So what I feel like they're doing now because look at twitter i mean if you ever want to see the biggest complainers on earth go to twitter uh it's very you know entertain fun entertainment for me because i laugh at all the statements but there's always a speculation every week there's a speculation of a restock oh this is gonna come back and i mean we're we're, we're guilty of it too well you will be in discourse someone will say oh be on sneakers at 11 a.m or whatever it may be cool you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna still check I'm, I'm not above it i'm gonna check but it's one of those things is like we're getting so, um, I guess, programmed to like, I got to go look in sneakers while a lot of us are working nine to five jobs or have other things going on where it's almost invading a day. Now, not only is it invading mm -hmm. your day, but these different shows are putting on there to garner engagement in their app. They're making you look at them because they may or may not drop something. And so what happened today was, oh, today at 11 a.m. Eastern, they're going to have a sneakers live. They're going to have a restock of fill in the blank. No one knows. So there was a, the sneakers live. To everyone's surprise here in the U.S., the shock drop was in the U.K. And it was something old like Pine Green 3s and Raging Bull 5s from what I'm understanding. And here in the U.S., the the drop that everyone thought they were about to get, they got really excited about was the playoff 12s that come out. This Saturday, if you're listening, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but the 11th, it was a way to push your notification and turn it on, which is the biggest bait and switch I've ever seen from the sneakers app. 
people are all up in arms about it. And from there, you know, it's just a lot of things going on from that kind of like interaction that people are seeing that they feel like they're being forced to have. But I just, I don't know. I feel like people are getting so demoralized by it now because they feel like they have to spend time on it. Now they have, they feel like they're investing so much time in this that I feel like it's almost becoming a problem. Like it's, it's like almost an addiction. So I don't know. What do you, what do you guys, your thoughts on that? Because me, if I'm on a meeting at, you know, 9am or, or whatever time something drops, I'm not stopping what I'm doing at work to go on a sneakers app. It's just, it's far gone. It's, it's cool. But people feel like they have to stop and do this. No, Go ahead, Roy. Yeah, you had the you yeah, had a great comment. Yeah, you're a grown ass man. I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> Gangball's a grown ass man. Robbie's a grown ass man. Like, we know sneakers is not a young or is a young yeah. person's game. We'll be the first to admit it. I think that's where we've kind of shined in this sneaker industry uh, from a podcasting perspective. What I think we've also done a good job of is not getting caught up in that bullshit of oh yeah, let me so, watch sneakers live because maybe there's an inkling of a random release. Like I remember the LeBron watch, right? They opened it up. They talked about the brackets. And we're like, yeah, we literally, I think there was 15 of us in the discord that had convinced ourselves that if we are all there, we will get access to something. And it was cool. We learned a lot. We learned a lot about certain shoes execution. We learned about tidbits around what inspired colorways. We even learned from the designers themselves what shoe they would have picked if they were in our shoes as a consumer. But lo and behold, we don't get that. And fair play to Nike. Look, you have to do whatever you can if you specialize in this to drive engagement. So if you give people the inkling of a possibility that if you stay on this app for 30 minutes, you are just this much closer than Joe Schmo who doesn't do it towards that dream pair of sneakers, more power to you. But do not be surprised if people let you know about it. And I think one thing Nike does a great job of is tuning out the haters. And I know it's something that we are always conditioned from an athlete perspective of you've got to tune out everything if you want to play your best or our favorite athletes are the ones that can do that the best. Nike has to do that more than anything in this world because I will say this, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Sneakers is probably one of those problematic things that's happened to the sneaker industry for a variety of reasons. And it is something that I know I have to tread carefully as I kind of articulate this point, but it is in a sense, probably the worst qualities about what people associate with any sort of collector in the modern era. And the most damning indictment of it all is the fact that very rarely do any of us hit on some things we want. And when we do hit on something, it's almost like we're talking ourselves into it, like a sneaker Stockholm syndrome, I would say. And I know, Mike, you famously said after, I forgot, was it the Gundam Dunks that you were out? Oh, yeah, I can't remember what it was. I said I quit, though. I just took it off my phone and it was nice for a month. I might have to go back to that. (laughs) No, no, I'll I'll be completely transparent. Unless one of you guys asked me to put a entry towards a raffle in, I ignore sneakers. I think one of the secret joys of being on the West Coast is it's too damn early to get up at 7 a.m., hit yes on the raffle, or try to beat the lottery gods and try yeah. to acquire a pair. Do I think of myself less of a sneakerhead by not engaging in those particular actions? Maybe, nah. but not really, because at the end of the day, and this is me probably embracing my Russ Bangs, uh, Russ Bensington's, I'm sorry, Russ, I butchered your name, but you know, Russ from Slam, I'm embracing my inner Russ and just being a sneakerhead on my own terms. Yeah. 
I've rendered you speechless. <laughs> totally. I apologize for that because this is a podcast. And we need to keep it moving, so I will stop my filibuster. I I got the uh, I got the the uh, the ever ever present. You're on mute. <laughs> you know, I I uh, so, total side sidetrack right Go here. I my biggest non cop of the last like five years is from about four months ago i was out just like you know we were just tired of being at home and like just kind of wandered over to like yeah. ross marshall's those kind of stores and there was a coffee mug that said you're still on mute or you're you're on mute. i need that mug and i dude. regret not getting that so much because there's so many times in my life that i could use that and now for myself, I could have used it, but I digress. Anyway, the the thing about sneakers to me is like I think that it's, it's by far the best thing Nike has ever created in terms of, of content or yeah. a platform for content. I think that the downside, and this is not a Nike issue. This is an issue with every company I've ever worked with or for or on behalf of in terms of content the value for content is such a long-term play in most cases that people don't realize like the instantaneous you know numbers that are required for board members and the people that are looking at the dollars and the the people that are looking at you know you know what's in the red and what's not all of those things ultimately cause businesses to make decisions. And, you know, like for me, I've been lucky to, to be able to explain that to a lot of people and have a pretty successful like run for the last, you know, I don't know, 15 years or so, like explaining like the long-term benefits of, of when you create content, this is not something that you always have to measure right now if it's successful. Now sneakers has become that, which is why we're seeing, you know, this, like, keep everybody in the app, keep everybody playing the game, you know, but like, you know, that's, that's, that's really risky for Nike in the long run, right? Like they do a great job of, of making sneakers content available yeah. on the web after the mm -hmm. fact, which is something that almost no companies do, which, you know, and props to them, you know, I have friends that work on the sneakers app, I, like they're good hands and and great minds working on the sneakers app on a regular basis and i would you know i would say that to row its point like nike is going to get the most haters and have to dodge the most you know violently slung <laughs> words on the internet every single day and that is is an exhausting thing to do when you're also required to perform at your highest level and turn around, you know, create great content, you know, connect with the, the right people to be a part of the sneakers live events, connect with the right people to be featured on the app. You know, the, the, there's just so much that goes into it. And, and it's, a, it's a big team of people that works on it. You know, it's, it's arguably become one of Nike's most important kind of subgroups yeah. within the company, right? Because it's such a talking point. And, you know, we're talking about it now. So what else would we talk about other than releases? 
you know, like that just proves like the, 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 the value of it is, is like so high up the chain at Nike that, you know, unfortunately I think that requires, I think that brings attention from people that don't necessarily understand what goes on in the weeds. They're not there in the trenches with you, you know, kind of going through the motions, dealing with the negativity, making sure that the content is up to par because the other thing is like, there's a lot of great sneaker content out there, you know, like, and you know, shameless plug. If you haven't watched Mike's last five videos on YouTube, like Mike's gone from like, I say lovingly, like, you know, a a five or a six probably (laughs) to like an eight or a nine in terms of like, just like really embracing the visuals and the storytelling and the, the, you know, editing aspect of creating videos. And that's really difficult to do. It's expensive to do. It's hard to find the time. It takes five times as much time to do half the work. (laughs) But then you imagine that the level of effort that that takes for one individual to do that every single day with everyone on Twitter, everyone everywhere complaining that they can't get the shoes that you're trying to tell them about. And you know, it's just such a hostile environment in terms of like work. Right. So I, I am like very sympathetic towards the people that work on, on the sneakers app. I think that, you know, it's incredible in a lot of ways. I think it's a, it's mission impossible in many more ways. Yes, yeah. And for every home run and, and huge success that they have, they're going to deal with 10 things that ultimately didn't come together or a product launch that changed dates. Like all those things for me are what like stress me out about the work that I do. And I can't imagine doing it. Whoa, sorry about that. And I can't imagine doing it on the level that, that they're doing it. Right. So, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I would just say like to anybody that's listening to this, just, you know, put down the phone, go for a walk. Go put on another pair of shoes that you love and, and don't think about it for a while. Cause like, it's so easy to get frustrated if you, if you're in it all the time and hoping and praying and burning sage and sacrificing, you Calm know, down, Kyrie. shoes or whatever it is that you do to win. Right. But you know, it's also, you know, like the, the, the gambling nature and the playing into the psychological aspect of, of humans is something that, you know, these brands yeah. have been doing for a little long time, but it's almost like Nike has gone so far down this path with sneakers that, you know, they probably are going to need like two or three psychologists on the team to navigate yeah. that. And, and, you know, like to navigate the, the mental <laughs> gymnastics that go on yeah. both on the creative side and on the, on, you know, what they're doing to people with the app, you know, and you know, like I would just say, just, you know, step back and, and think about it and and appreciate what you have. And you won't think about what you missed out on because, you know, we've all got some stuff in our collection that absolutely changes our perspective on a day. And I think that's the beauty yep. of sneakers. Like, you know, R- Robbie and I had a, have another, you know, recorded recently and, you know, we were both having a really rough day and honestly, just like getting on and talking about a bunch of releases and, catching up and, and bullshitting with each other about sneakers and kind of putting each other on the spot to like, say, what do you like out of these two? Like, that's the fun in it. And I didn't have to buy a single shoe to have that yeah. change my day. Right. So. That's, yeah. 
No, no, I think to your point as well, there is a physical and mental attrition now that comes with any sort of digital work. And I know this has kind of been the era of mental health because every TV show, every sports team, every bit of popular culture that we consume, there has always been this understanding that they are entertainers, that there is a literal stage between them and us as the listener. But now we're seeing more and more industries like that employ team psychologists or show psychologists. And I think you have a very astute call out that there does probably need to be a psychologist on hand for anybody that's working on these demand driven apps, because I'm sure it can be soul sucking and it is soul sucking because people want to brag about where they work. And if you work at sneakers, you may not want to do yeah. that because it brings up a certain vitriol in a lot of us. And I'll be the first to admit, I sometimes get that rage when I hear that word, but I've also matured now. And I, to your point, Nick, I know people that work on the app. So it does a great job humanizing it because it is very easy to make fun of something, not knowing who you have in your social circle that's working on that. That is their nine to five. That is their 24 to seven. That is what allows them to put food on their table for their kids. That's what allows them to put their kids through college. So I think it's a combination of maturing and it's also a combination of meeting these people and realizing, you know what? It didn't work out for me. I have to take that step and just realize that it is a game ultimately. And sometimes when you play a game, you win. And other times when you play a game, you lose. So I think you've said it expertly. So I just wanted to ride some coattails off that because we're humans at the end yeah, of the day. And I really think that, I mean, anytime, I, anytime I've ever got frustrated with that app, I never, I guess it's just me. Maybe I like to think of myself a little bit more mature in the way I think uh, than some people, but I don't ever get mad that people made the app. It's not like, oh, you programmers out there, you, oh, if I saw you on the streets. Not about that because I don't think people realize they need someone to point their, I guess, their disappointment and frustration at. But it's not that people work on that because they don't make the decision on how many shoes are made or how many they're going to upload. Exactly. I mean, they do what makes it all, you know, nice and appealing for you to look at. And yep. yeah, you can't, I, I mean, I could never be like, oh, I'm mad at this person who works at sneakers. I mean, it sucks because you're right. I don't think. In this day and age, if you were, you know, worked at sneakers and you went to, let's say, for sake of argument, you went to sneaker sneaker con. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'll work for sneakers. God knows the amount of people that be yelling at you for no reason. Like, dude, I'm just a programmer, or I, I do the content creation. Like, why do you get mad? I don't put the shoes on there. I didn't make the shoe. So, I think people have to learn to separate that. I understand. Like, you get frustrated. It's like people playing a lottery all the time. They get frustrated. They don't win. But I guess. When it comes down to, I guess, really to bring it full circle is like, yes, Nike may be kind of enticing you and almost baiting you to come in to look at these different things. But if you know it's going to frustrate you or anger you, just take a step back. It's okay. Like if you – the you know, I don't think people either use word that much anymore or this acronym. But FOMO, people still have it. They don't want to admit it, but they just don't want to miss out. They don't want to say, oh, crap, I was – I didn't even open an app. I didn't get this shoe. You probably weren't gonna get it anyway. Let's be fair. <laughs> like you, you, you may have had a 0.1% better chance, but save yourself a little sanity because, I mean, do, looking at shoes now, I know the bubble hasn't quite burst, especially with things like Jordan ones. But with a lot of things out there, I know I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of resale because I hate having to go through resale. But I have to buy my shoes there now because I'm not getting on the list day. So I just I know what the truth is. Yep. But a lot of things now on the resale market are coming down almost kind of like they're getting real close to retail because all the people don't want to admit it. Things are getting produced more again. And I feel like that just 
bide your time a little bit with all these crazy restocks, things of that nature. The prices are so volatile that it may be, yeah, don't buy the first day for $500. Give it two weeks when you drop them again, get them for retail or very close to it. And the patient factor. I think people just have to learn patience because without patience, we get to just nonsense and really what draws us to our next point, conspiracy theories. Now, Roy, yes. you brought up earlier that people on Twitter, again, you know, Twitter's undefeated, but once they didn't get what they wanted, it went to, oh, Nike's back doing their shoes to StockX slash Goat. Like, does that statement even make sense to anybody with like half, half, half the common sense, like a normal person to have? Why would a you know, billion dollar company be backdooring their own shoes to another, another, another uh, third party. It makes absolutely no sense because they're, that's, they're making the same amount of money no matter what. They sell it with them or sell it to somebody. What, what, that, how is that helping them at all? And I think it all stemmed from a shoe that nobody even wanted to begin with because I remember when the first pictures came out, people were in disgust about, Ugh, why didn't they just make a shadow? Why didn't they make the actual, excuse me, band one, but the rebellion there. This particular Jordan 1 is the shadow style with all the writing on it, with the band X on the back. That has been, from my understanding, it has been confirmed to be going to six stores and then the sneakers app. And people now who don't want the shoe because they found the word exclusivity behind it have lost their mind. And now they're saying that Nike is backdooring their sneakers to a third-party reseller. I just now I remember clowning that shoe because we had to do it for one of our many season previews, yep. and I think we all were of the opinion of like, really, it just went for us. Like, okay. We decided it wasn't us. It was for the young. It was the young cats out there. It wasn't for us. You're absolutely right. Was not for us, but more power to the people that wanted it. But yeah, I think that speaks to the superpowers that Nike still has, where they can take something that we may think is not for us and put a level of scarcity behind it that all of a sudden it becomes the most coveted item of the season. Mm -hmm. And to your point as well, like we love telling stories to embellish our own failures. Like I would have got these sneakers, but <laughs> no, Nike was the one that sold these to StockX and I, I'd rather buy from Nike than stock. No, man, if you're a true sneakerhead, you are through gritted teeth going to pay resale. Yep. We've all done it. We're not proud of it, but it's a dirty secret of being a sneakerhead. This shoe probably won't elicit that type of response from any of us on the camera or maybe even Robbie as well. I don't know. Maybe he likes the shoe. Maybe he's had a change of heart. But at the same time, let's be productive and let's be constructive with our conspiracies and not just reach out for the most absurdly eye-catching on Twitter because I think to Mike's point, Twitter is basically the digital embodiment of the player haters ball. <laughs> and yeah, we're stuck. We're stuck with it's a we're stuck if we choose to play the game. We're stuck if we don't choose to play the game. It's just how do you handle that level of stickiness and just realize, yeah, this is just not for me. Like that is one thing that Twitter has given me, and I think it's given both of you this as well. It's just like that ability to disconnect mm -hmm. because I don't want to be one of those people that's just like, oh, I hated these Jordans anyway. Like <laughs> they suck or yeah. So yeah. totally. I, I think that, you know, along with like just letting go of the app, along with just letting go of social media, like everybody should take a break now and then from all of this stuff, right? Like, you know, it's something that I've done for a really long time and I would not be sane without 
literally shutting my phone off and being like, cool, I'll see, I'll see the rest of the world in a week <laughs> or a day or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's so much negativity that we have to navigate just as human beings now on social media that it's almost impossible to not, even when you're doing it in like just a fun kind of poking fun at something quirky kind of, you know, inside joke kind of way, it, it's still, it still inevitably brings somebody down, whether it's yourself, the person you're talking with or people that you don't even think about. Right. Like, you know, the negativity around sneakers specifically, for instance, is, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just like people adding Nike store on Twitter. It's literally the people that comb through comments to see what's going on with Nike and the sneakers app that may or may not work there, or may or may not be the person that shares that feedback with the people that created the stuff or, you know, the engineers that built the app that people are frustrated with because they think that it's an engineer's fault. And I think like the human element, uh, you know, is, is like, it's funny because we don't, we, we don't acknowledge the human element enough in that aspect of what we were talking about with sneakers, but also like the human element of, you know, to this conspiracy theory conversation, right? Like we all want to think that, there's conspiracy theories going on that like prevent us from whatever. Cause it, in some weird way, it makes us feel a little better about missing out on something or a little better about maybe things not going our way or, or whatnot. And to me, like, you know, you just got to disconnect. You got to let go of it. Find some, some place where that's not a part of the conversation, find some place, some people that you can, you know, that, that understand that you might need to vent you might need to vent a little bit and, and, you know, blow off some steam, but they also understand that the conversation is going to change shortly after that. And you can move forward with life and, and enjoy the beautiful things that are out there. Cause there's way more beautiful things out there to enjoy than there are bad things. In my opinion, yeah, there's plenty of other things to do. enjoy the collection you got. I mean, that's, you know, Nick's talking about, you know, just uh, the effort people put into things. I mean, Finding that, I think when I was able to sit down and look at my collection and was able to just start really devoting more time into the visuals I put out, I have a whole new appreciation for my collection because it wasn't necessarily, oh, this is the newest thing I have. Let me take pictures of it. Just being able to take what I have and create things around it that people may or may not enjoy. I mean, I know I enjoyed it, but it's just honing like something else. It's not about, okay, I got to click a button and make a you know video that's you know a bunch of crap. I want to actually put something out that's you know nice for people to to see so i think that's something that just people need to again appreciate what they got if they really want it that bad just just go get it there's other ways to do it without having to complain and whine about it i know we have our moments of doing the same thing so i'm not gonna act above it but i think we know we're we're, we're self-aware enough to know like hey this is not the play just chill out <laughs> And if you feel that strongly, get three of your best friends, start a sneaker podcast, and vent to each other. That's what we did. And look well, at where we are now, man. <laughs> Exactly. All 300 yeah, episodes, and we still can't win yeah. on sneakers. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, it's funny. So, like, I, I just I, – I, that's a great segue because I, I just, like, been working on redoing the Sneaker History website, right? Mm -hmm. We still get some decent traffic to it, but – it's not like something that I've prioritized because most of what I've been working on is making sure the podcast is, is you yeah. know, edited and published and put on social and getting people to, to, to have access to it. But uh, as I was building out the site, I was like, oh, I need to pull some reviews from 
iTunes or from Apple Podcasts and and share some of the some of the uh, you know comments that people have left about the podcast because everybody's been so awesome to leave us reviews. Yeah. And one of the comments I forget who wrote it. I, I apologize, but one of the comments that I put on the site was actually uh, something along the lines of like, "This is my weekly therapy session, right?" And you know, sneaker therapy. And I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm honored that somebody would even say that because like, it's one thing for us to be on here talking to each other about all these things and kind of working through all the craziness that goes on with like, how much time are we really willing to put in to buy some sneakers? Yeah, like, right. At some point you get to a point where you're like, okay, I get paid X amount of dollars per hour. If I spend any more than that or any more than whatever your limit is, then you're spending too much time trying to get those shoes. So I think that, you know, that's a part of dealing with it. That's a part of why resale is such a big deal right now. You know, that's, you know, Robbie's not here, but that's, that's Robbie's approach, right? Robbie, Robbie is definitely like not going to put in effort, but if he wants something, he's going to get it. it. And, you know, and I know that not everybody is in a financial position to do that, but if you're selective about it, you know, somebody just said to me, uh, uh, like, couple weeks back because i was like i was basically saying you know the the price of sb dunks is just so absurd right now and don't get me wrong there are some shoes that are like on my list would wear every day if i had them Mm -hmm. type of sb dunks and the the i forget how they worded it but but basically they're like well you probably bought 10 pairs of shoes at 200 bucks a pop which means are you wearing those 10 shoes as much as you would one $2,000 pair of SB dunks point taken? Like I should probably just buy that shoe because I'm going to wear it all the time. But I, I fall in Mike's and Mike's mindset with, with like spending that much money on one pair of Damn, shoes, but there are some that are up there, right? Like if the, Le, if the LeBron came back and was sitting at five or $600, you would have just sat out a couple of purchases and probably tried to finagle one for 450. Yeah, and I, like, I would have, it's just, it's hard for me to do that. It's just some, something in my brain is like, it's a shoe. You cannot exceed a certain dollar amount for something you want to put on your foot. <laughs> but as long as you have that conversation with yourself, I think that helps. If you yeah. don't have that conversation and you're willing to drop a rack on Ugh. a pair of general releases, then yeah, come, please come talk to us. We care about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I definitely, um, you know, especially when I have friends that are involved in projects, I am, I, I have almost no limits to what I have to do to support them. Right. Yeah. And, I treat, I treat their creations like artwork. So in that case, you know, not only am I just buying it to support the person I want to support or the people I want to support, I'm also buying it thinking like, this isn't, this is something I'm just going to look at and enjoy and think about these memories every time I see it. And that is definitely not the uh, most, uh, that's not the most financially wise way of, of looking at sneakers, but sometimes some shoes just, just, they just hit that, they hit that level for me. And I just, I'm like, you know, gotta have it. And that's what no, it that's is. exactly that. I mean, to borrow the sentiment you just shared, that's why I picked the shoe that I picked for Coppin. It's a embodiment, a tangible embodiment of a friendship. 
And it's very hard to do that sometimes because you want to show loyalty to somebody. And more often than not, that always gets put on an intangible sense, right? Like you being there for somebody, you giving them a shoulder to lean on, you giving them a set of ears to listen to while they vent. But if you're telling me I can spend 75 bucks and I have this shoe that is the blood, sweat and tears of not one, not two, but three of my friends or however many of my friends, and I can put it in a visible spot behind my right shoulder. So anytime I'm on Zoom, they can see it. And that just gives them that extra motivation because to take this full circle to the sneakers conversation, we all know people in the industry. We all know that for every great shoe or every great installation, there's that moment of self-doubt of like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? I hate what I'm doing. This isn't right. But if you can see your pride and joy reflected in someone else's pride and joy, then you do it. And that's why you get into the game. So totally get that. And long story short, don't put a price on your friend's product. Definitely. <laughs> yep, exactly. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. All right. Well, we, we pretty much run out of time. But Mike, I was going to ask you. This is a short one. Yeah, that's what we did. Short when we ended up hitting the whole hour. <laughs> yep. I, I was going to ask you about the uh, last thing about the Reebok, yeah, the Kamikaze that's no longer. Yeah, so it's actually been in the works for a few months now. They wanted to change the name because Kamikaze, of course, is not really the, I guess, in you know the really definition of the right. word itself. Yeah, it's not the most pleasant word. So they decided, you know, we want to take a little bit of self accountability. And change it to make sure we don't want to offend anybody. We want to make sure that we're still putting a good product out while respecting the people that are, are purchasing our product or who know of our product. So the name of that uh, sneaker that Sean Kemp so famously wore uh, has now changed from the Kamikaze to, to the Hurakaze. So that is the new name of the shoe. So I, I you know what? Um, I was saying that, you know what? I'm going to have to get used to the change, but I don't, I don't hate the name. Uh, there's still some DNA from the original name. And it doesn't take away from the shoe. I mean, I know some people out there uh, have responded like, oh, you know, this, that. And I'm like, well, the name changed. I didn't, they didn't change the shoe. The shoe's still exactly what it was. And I really, I, I hey, you know what? If you're trying to be responsible and make sure that you're, you're really being respectful of people who may have, you know, some kind of trauma or something, or, you know, with that name, I'm all for it. I have, I have, I have no complaints about it. And I'm glad they were, they, they actually took their time with it and, you know, thought of something, you know, you know, similar where it could still be recognizable while still giving you something different. Yeah. Sneakers I is about being inclusive. And if we can change a name to bring in that many more people into this thing we all love, let's go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the name is a little, a little weird, but I respect the effort and definitely understand the sentiment around and the reason for changing it. Um, you know, I think that it, it's an interesting thing because that's uh, also just something that, you know, if you looked at sneakers collectively, there's probably a lot of things that need to change, especially around the naming conventions and the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the terminology that's been used for, for a long time. Uh, definitely wouldn't, wouldn't pass uh, a, a political correctness test <laughs> in 2021. Not many 2022, things 2022, sorry. Yeah, like not, not, not yeah. many things definitely will. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it'd be smart with those those decisions that are being made. I say, I think this was a good one. I mean, they, they could have fought it and, and dealt with a lot of issues, but they embraced it, made the change, and people who love the shoe are going to continue to love the shoe. I mean, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, it doesn't even have the word 
you never had to wear a kamikaze on a shoe anywhere anyway. So the box is going to change. Are you, you wearing the box? Like, yep. Yeah. So true. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's, I'm going to ask a little favor of anybody who's still listening to this episode. Let us know who has the best fit in our new logo. I'm going to say that it's me, of course, but I want to be fair and let you, let you make your own decision. Well, leave it in a review a because I can't have that shirt. I, I still don't have it, but mine's just a really uh, something I, I really want. Mike, I have two of that shirt as well. So if you want that <laughs> along with your Lego Technic, you let me know. <laughs> deals, baby. Getting deals. I'm apparently, I'm Amazon for one person and one person only. <laughs> and that just happens to be my podcast host to the right. Uh, if I'm being honest, I think it's either Nick or Robbie. And if for no other reason, it's because of the accessory game. Whether it's the bubble pipe or the burrito, Mike, you and I just didn't get that memo apparently. So <laughs> we will have to kind I mean, of. My tattoos are there. Ta- you, okay. you can see my, so you really, my Spider Man tattoo. <laughs> and if you look at my photo, it looks like I have one big buck tooth. <laughs> That's all right. If you look at my eyes, I look like a White Walker, but you know. So I didn't want to say nah, anything. Yeah, yeah, as Nick had mentioned, he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, it, it is. I love it. It's it's definitely yeah. one of my favorite things. I've. Uh, oh yeah, dude, bring me back to Pharrell in two thousand what seven two thousand eight. Why are you so fronted? Yeah, I'd say that exactly. But I was going to show you guys this, and you won't be able to see this if you're listening. But if you leave a review, I'll send you one of these. So hopefully, you guys can see. <gasps> oh. That's awesome. Give me all of them. Give me all of them. Oh, that's dope. Hold on. I got something to show you guys. I don't know if you guys, if you saw my review on the uh, Air Force ones by you, I did. You saw these, but hold on. I cannot Ouch. figure out how to get that thing to focus. Definitely just, just hurt myself okay. here. But my wife got these custom made for me for Valentine's Day. I really like those, Mike. Those oh, are my goodness. Those are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great source of potassium, <laughs> vitamin D. So, actually, I don't know if it's vitamin D. Anyway, let's just end on that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Leave us a review. Let us know who you think has the best fit. Uh, just leave us some feedback on 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 a on an Apple Podcast review, and I'll send you one of these pins. You might have to DM me on on Twitter or Instagram because sometimes it's a little hard to get a hold of. But uh, we would definitely appreciate the support. Before we get out of here, guys, let them know how they can connect with you outside of the podcast and the Discord. Well, first of all, you can find me watching Robbie, uh, Robbie Roy's ASMR video, Eating Fruit. Uh, that <laughs> you can find me here on Sneaker History. Find me on YouTube uh, at Mike Guillory and Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. At Rohizi on Twitter, at Rohidem13 on IG, and in these streets in Portland. Nick, how about you? <laughs> At Nick Ingvall on all the platforms, uh, make sure that you check out the new Sneaker History website. It should be up by the completely by the time this episode airs. If it's not, uh, you know, it's just a work in progress, and I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <Be patient>. so, <laughs> appreciate y'all supporting us. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. See ya. Hey, everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, do us a solid and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Give us a rating on Spotify or Amazon Music. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel because we have even more content coming for you in 2022. Speaking of new content, we have an amazing community of sneaker enthusiasts that hang out in the Sneaker History Discord on a daily basis. 
While sneakers is the connection point that brought us all together, we've all discovered countless shared passions we have in common with other people within the community. We recently launched the first of a handful of new podcasts that will be coming directly from our sneaker history community. We'll get into the details for those in a future episode, but I'm excited to share that the Exhaust Notes podcast is now live. Now, this is a show about the world of cars, racing, and other automotive-related topics. If you're a fan of Formula One, Formula Drift, cars and coffee, or you're just a weirdo like me that enjoys the smell of gasoline, I think you'll enjoy this one. If you do, add Exhaust Notes to your subscribe list so you'll be updated when we drop future episodes. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.